Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. Hello and welcome and thank you for coming to my show. That's not how it goes. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks so much for being here. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, but not today because I'm a piece of shit, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Make some noise and let's cheers with our invisible beers, my friends. Fist bumps. Fist bumps in the house. Word, word, word. Ah, yeah. Very, very cool. Sorry about that. I'll buy you a beer after this. So I'm sitting here today with four-fourths of rock and rollers the red lines make some noise for the internet my friend so i haven't met any of you before and i just made a complete idiot out of myself so why don't we introduce everybody introduce themselves and hopefully i'll find out something embarrassing about all of you in the next hour so we can be on a level playing field sweet i'm brian i sing and play guitar hi brian hello brian tony bass guitar hey tony mark i play the drums hey mark I'm Jason, guitar and sometimes vocals. Hi, Jason. How's it going? (laughs) Red lines, rock and roll. 2020, making music with guitars. That's a bold move. How's that been working out for you? Uh, I'm not Uh, sure. I think 2020 is our year, I think. Okay. I think it's the the year. Hell yeah. Though we have been saying that. We've been saying that for a while, a couple years, yeah. (laughs) This is our year. This is the the year of the red lines. I haven't been been replaced with a drum machine yet, so it's good. Hell yeah. Not yet. Not Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So since 2012, that's the origins of the band. Then I think sounds about right. Yeah, is that fucking yeah. that long? Yeah. That long wow. I was that's going long. six years in my head, but eight years. Oh, eight years. Twenty twelve. I always say that 2012 to 2016. I always call that the dark ages of the Pittsburgh music scene. It just felt like it was the deadest time. That's an interesting time I to start out. Yeah. Did you what? research that, or did no. you just make it up? <laughs> no, I, that's just personal experience. No, no, 2012. You said you were talking about us. No, no I, he said, I it. said it. Oh, you did. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. Oh, yeah. I, he just he very 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 he he made a very small nuanced comment that I picked up on because I'm a goddamn professional. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so 2012 to 2016. That was my, I was talking about the the dead scene in Pittsburgh, as far as I, I'm concerned with my personal that. experiences. Yeah, that's fair. I was going to ask like, what was starting out like for you guys when you started out? Was it the four of you? Has this been no, the original no, line no, the whole time? No. Okay. Uh, who's the baby? I'm the baby. He is. Okay. I'm the baby. Mm-hmm. All right. Three years, he, just about three years. I think he is now possibly the longest drummer. Okay. It's close. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Getting there. Yeah. yeah. So but, when you started out though, for like the three of you, what was it like? Well, actually, it was him and I. Okay. And we had a drummer. And then we had a temporary guitar player. Yeah. Who near death took him away from the band. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> and then uh, then Jay came along. And actually, our first show that we did was just a three-piece. Yeah. And yeah. Was it, that was the one at Howlers, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jay came in not too long after that and... Started doing some open mic stuff uh, yeah. out Jay's way. Yeah. Acoustic. Yeah. Open most mic most stuff. of the stuff we did was out either Beaver or Butler. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't even in Pittsburgh yeah, too much. It was a three piece for a while. We did a lot of three three, three piece acoustic type stuff. Yeah. You know, shows and stuff. Farmers, yeah. farmers market. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember the farmers market. Yeah. You did a farmers market. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got yelled at Butler City Farmers yeah, Market. Our, Were you too loud at the our farmers market? Acoustic rocking was we too much. Yeah, we yeah, were too loud. Hurt the cucumbers ears. Your acoustic rock is too loud for my ears. Turn that down. Turn it down. It's funny. I remember I ran sound for an event here actually at Penn Brewery and uh, it was in the parking garage and there was uh, just a rock band playing some some friendly rock I mean it was loud but it wasn't like you know it wasn't fucking Van Halen yeah, it was or anything aggressive right? or, yeah and uh yeah like just like can you turn it down da, 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 da. it's like why do you leave the house <laughs> you guys remember oh, this yeah yeah, we, uh, we had an event where the guy. And it wasn't an event. We played at a fucking shitty ass uh, <laughs> uh, East, uh, East Butler Fire, fire, hall, fire hall. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that yeah, was the signal yeah. to us. You guys are too loud. Yeah. Turn it. Yeah. Down. There, Turn there, it. There, it was a small roof. Like once we were on ceiling. stage, yeah. Tony probably could have judged and hit yeah. it. And because of the 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 small room, you know, the guys like you can't play that loud. And the, the entire time, like I'm sitting here trying to concentrate on playing but i can really concentrate on trying not to be too loud so i don't get the <laughs> didn't he have a hit a hook one hand was a hook so with his non-hook yeah. hand yeah. would give you the yeah <laughs> what yeah he was giving comic us comic book where, where what he was comic book us, were you playing a he show? was giving us hand signals with his hook which is really that's distracting that's butler, yeah man. yeah yeah i guess that, yeah. i mean i don't have yeah. a whole lot of experience in butler but uh, <laughs> we've only played there once i'm not surprised <laughs> it was very spinal tab that was a very spinal tab for sure. I, i'm really get, glad you guys yeah, he didn't bring me into that one so i mean i guess over the years though you have uh You've broken out of the Butler farmer farmers market circuit. Yes, yes. And you, and you, we actually had a very successful yeah. show at the Butler Lindora Hotel. Oh the yeah. Other day. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. Though. Oh okay. Yeah, that was actually good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Nice. So what what what's it been like? I guess you know we talked just very briefly just about the start, but like now let's talk about the past year of the Red Lines. How's everything been going for you guys? Ah, uh, good. We had a new EP last year, which was our first in a while. Uh, that was, you know, after we got the new drummer and took us a while to get gears get rolling again. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, last year was good. We, uh, were able to get that done, write some more stuff to where we're recording again. Now, uh, we weren't all that active last year and I think this year yeah. is shaping up to be better. So like we said before, 2020 is our year. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, well, I find it. There was, I was gonna say there was a lot of studio work in that. I mean, there we yeah, there was me learning new new material, you know, trying to trying to get in and like polish off some things to actually go out and play. So, I mean, we we focused more on the on the on the actual content of what yes. we had to offer. Rather kind of more than of a just, transition right, period for the yeah, past couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I find that it could be really difficult as you get. None of us getting any younger, am I right? But as you get older, to just find the time to like essentially like fuck off with your friends is basically yeah. like what we're doing at this point. It's just like you know fucking off with our friends, <laughs> and like you know it's like I, how often do you guys practice? Once a week, once a week, right? Yeah, yeah. for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, a that's, whopping two hours. It's it's very similar. It's like I, I see ever I play in a couple bands, and it's very much like once a week. Maybe two hours of actual practice and then maybe another like hour if we're lucky of just like random bullshit. Yeah. Sometimes more, it depends. 
But we're, it, we're not allowed to do that. We yeah, can no, kick out of the house. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. So, all right, nine, yeah. you guys got to go. We're getting pushed out. <laughs> it's not as bad anymore, but as the kids go. On, on a school know. night, man, we're out. We're all business. We're all business. We're all business. That's our tagline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you have like the very, uh, it's, it's very relatable, but the whole like practicing at the house yep. with the family and just very uh, walking the tightrope of, uh, support and patience with family members yeah yeah (laughs) however i my son is old enough my oldest one is old enough now that he has his own band so some things have eased up (laughs) okay that's all i'm saying yeah (laughs) (laughs) as i'm talking about yeah probably should just shut the fuck up what's it like (laughs) having a kid that's like starting to play music and do shit and shit it's I cool. can't imagine. It has to be awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard, though, because uh, as I mentioned before, I just got to kind of know when to shut up and get out of it. And, you know, I definitely try to help as much as I can and offer uh, help and basically try to get them to not step in the same shit puddles that I did uh, when I was younger. Yeah. So they have that. I mean, they're uh, my son's the youngest at 16. The oldest is 19. And they got. Uh, studio recorded stuff on on streaming services now it were back in the day that wasn't available uh, it, you know when i was that age or even 20 something when i was, I was doing kid. that yeah. but i didn't even have a studio recorded cd until this band <laughs> yeah. so yeah so you've been doing music for a good portion of your life brian yeah yeah uh my first legit band that wasn't a cover band in high school was uh when i was 22 23 skank and homer was a punk ska band he was the roadie yep road road manager road manager (laughs) come on he was promoted road manager i got into the shows for free that's all that mattered cool yeah so the drum bitch drum bitch yeah yeah i was gonna super bitch I was going to uh, ask everybody, like, kind of round table. So, uh, Tony, what was, yep. like, your background in music? How long have you been doing this stuff? Uh, I started playing in high school, so that would have been 25 years ago. Uh, never really had a real band until, uh, well, I mean, helping out Skank and Homer. But then I, I played in Paging Mr. Herman. We were around for a couple of years like 2001 to 2004. Don't forget that one show that Dreadnought played. Oh, yeah. We play, and, and then I've been in bands with him for like 15 years, <laughs> last 15 years, different incarnations of Skank and Homer, Dreadnought, the Fire Shot, some type of like reggae, reggae. Uh, dub stuff. Yeah. Um, until this this came along. So, yeah. Yeah. So you've been doing this a good, good yeah. chunk of time too. And it, it, it doesn't show. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I've been playing for so long, I should be much better than I am, but I'm not. Yeah. Not with that attitude. No arguments. No arguments. Everybody's nodding. Yeah. yeah. I'm nodding because I agree. I'm this, I feel oh, the same okay. way. 24 years of playing <laughs> drums and I probably should be better than what I am. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I started when I was. But you're uh, good at what you do. You just I, yeah. kill, stay, kill what you know and fuck all the rest. Yeah, yeah. I stay in the pocket. Just, you know, do my thing. And then that's to me it. Feels, four four feels, on the floor. Feels, I just keep the root notes. We're good. Just that, let, let, let Jason do his yeah. thing and he, he, everybody's happy. Let the stars, yeah. let the stars shine, exactly. right? Let yeah. the stars shine. So Mark, then you've been playing in bands for a couple decades as well. Yeah. On and off or just at least playing. Yeah, I mean, I don't count any of my high school stuff. 
you know, bands. That's just yeah. getting together with buddies and playing in somebody's basement at that time. Yeah. So you've um, progressed a lot. Experience. What's that? <laughs> so you've progressed a lot. Yes. I've progressed. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, it was, it was, somebody else's basement. Because I think we just said like five minutes ago, that's pretty uh, much what we're doing right now. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> you went great. from a basement in Monroeville to a basement in Butler. I mean, like Correct. that's. Yeah. We've up, up, upgraded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's, North. there's more talent now. <laughs> talent. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm, only because yeah. I'm sitting yeah. beside him. And yeah. That's yeah, why I was saying that. Yeah. No. What about you, Jason? What's your uh, background like? Uh, I've been playing in bands for over 20 years. I started on a band called The High Frequencies, and uh, we played around a lot in the late 90s, early 2000s, put a couple of records out. It was a good time. It was, yeah, it was fun. It was great. So, yeah, I don't count anything I did in high school. I don't know if you can count playing a skin flute. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't think that counts. But So with um, with – you know, the styles of music that you've all played over the years, do you feel like you've had like a wide variety of styles? Like what kind of music was the high frequencies? Oh, we were very 60s sounding, very um, surf, garage rock. Yeah. That, yeah. We we did like half instrumentals, half vocals. So we it was very much like very, very 60s sounding. So then um, I was in a cover band for a couple of years. So I've learned different types of music that way. So it's, it's been pretty much all over the place for me. That's cool though. I love yeah. being able to like take those experiences that you gain from playing different styles of music and yeah. able to apply that and stuff, especially with like mm. doing, um, you do guitar, yeah. right? So mm. yeah, with the surf guitar stuff, that's oh, yeah, a lot yeah, of like, yeah. that'll get you warmed up. Oh yeah. And it makes you a good musician too. Cause you really gotta be tight. The, yeah. the stuff is, it sounds simple, but it's actually really, you gotta be locked in and everything has to sound perfect, especially there's no vocals. So you can't have behind the vocalist, you know, uh-huh. so that's really, you gotta be on. So it makes you better. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mark? Like what, what, what's like your palette of music stylings? Mark's, Mark's actually the least I know musically. All right. What? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what, what do you, I was thinking about it today. Well, I mean, I played, yeah. Like, no, like what you actually like listen to. I, I, you've name dropped some stuff occasionally, but I mean, I go all over the place. I mean, I listen to, you know, I, I guess when I played in high school and, and things like that in my other band that I played in, uh, it was called Ill Fated. It was uh, more harder rock. So I mean, it, it was it was still like just driving that train along just a little bit faster pace. And then when we play now, it's it's just more regular rock and roll. So, um, but if I was jamming or playing on my own, I was listening to things that was a little bit more progressive rock. I mean, see, I mean, I even typical played, drummer, yeah, <laughs> progressive rock. <laughs> what you wish, what you hope you could do, but uh-huh. you really can't. You know, you listen to like you know Neil Peart or Mike Mangini or something like that, and you're listening to those guys. And you're like, yeah, you play along. And you're like, yeah, I play three quarters of what they actually could play at the most. Um, so, but I mean, music wise, I was all over the place. I guess I was listening to you know country, rock and roll, heavy metal. R&B, hip-hop, rap. I mean, it was all over the place. But I think it all played into kind of what I do now, you know, just because it's like you hear something that might work, but, you know, it works out. It, it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. Those guys tell me no, and then I just move on to just <laughs> yeah. four on the floor and, and, and go from there, so. Uh-huh. That was why we let them in, because, like, no fills. Yeah. yeah. Three fills a song. Choose them wisely. I remember the first the first phone, phone call I had with you was, you know, I was like, yeah, I just pretty much stay in the pocket. I don't do too many fills. He's like, you're in. When can I see you? <laughs> So what's up with that? Let's 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 talk about this anti drum <laughs> fill. All right, well, sort of. Oh, let's, right, let's go there. Let's, I, I let's took, put it on record. Yeah, uh, we had our first album was a full length. Well, no, we did an EP first, and then yeah. we expanded on it, made it into a a full length. And I counted the fills in each song, and at the most, I think one song. Let me ask you a question, Sykes. What do you think should be the limit for just your 
straightforward rock and roll band. <laughs> what, what's the fill limit? Like, if you're over this number, you probably got too many I've fills. I've never thought about this in my goddamn life. You're not helping my point. <laughs> I have no idea. I'll answer um, for you. Is, is three. Just say three. I, we're talking about like we're talking like like phil i guess i think that's the thing it depends on like what what is a drum fill versus like what is a transition are they in the same boat that's a a good point and and it was confusing when i was counting do i count that do i count that because like but i felt but i but i heard myself saying that 20 times in each song. Do I count that? Do I count that? Well, the, yeah. the number's already up to 30. Do I count that? Yeah. yeah. It was 42 well, guess, yeah, was the it, highest. Okay. Uh, 42? 42? It was fucking high. I don't I, I think <laughs> answered there's everything. probably a thing where, obviously, you know, you're doing rock and roll. So there is a a pop format to traditional rock yep. and roll where you want to keep things in the pocket, right? And you don't want it to be too flashy on the rhythm section. It's just not part of it. Yeah. And if it is, definitely not with fills. So if it's getting to a point where the beat is constantly getting broken, yeah. the groove is getting broken, exactly. yeah. that's what it was. That could yeah. be a distraction. Yes. I could see yeah. that. I would, I would be rocking to. out in the song. Like, yeah. Fuck. Well, you, you have to serve well, the songs. Right? I know. Is, is is somebody, start, yeah. yeah is, this is a balance that I've had to deal with a lot because I, I mean, I play in a heavy metal band with uh players that you know everybody wants to just play it's fucking metal that's what you do but dropping the ego and realizing that the song isn't about you and your drum parts yep and it's like you know i deal with the guitar players a lot that you know they like if a riff is simple it's bad it's like no if it's catchy it's good like just because you can't play something doesn't mean that it's like optimal for the song you know, like right, yeah. don't don't yeah. shred away. Like, yeah. just make something that is a good earworm that's going to work well with the bass and the drums right. and the vocals. That's going to make a whole song. So sometimes you just have players that can play a bunch of different stuff, and that's cool. But it doesn't mean that you should. Right. I remember yeah. when you know magazines were a thing, and you would always get all your your your, your modern drummer magazine in the mail or something like that. And I remember opening up to one point, and I, I saw this article in there. And it basically was just like two drummers auditioning and one was like ripping through a bunch of 30 second notes and stuff like that and going through and the guy's like oh you're amazing and then the other guy just comes in and plays four four you know straight beat and he goes you're hired and that's what i was like all right that makes sense like you can be as as amazing as you want but if you don't understand what you basically need to do to just make the song work you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna, you're not helping anybody. You know, you're just. Yeah, it can be right. distracting, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, very, very distracting. Uh-huh. I think that there's. I was just talking about this earlier today with. Um, I had I had another episode earlier before you guys came in. We were talking about um, the difference between like being a good player and being a good songwriter, and mm-hmm. how they don't necessarily always go yep. hand in hand. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me a while to realize that when I'm writing something you know, guitar riff or just a progression or whatever that I always, for a while I had the mentality of, all right, that's not interesting enough. That's too simple. Okay. Well, I'm not the only one that's going to be playing. (laughs) Yeah. There's going to be three, four other parts going on. And that combination of all those together needs to make it interesting. My part doesn't have to be the freaking focus and be interesting. It just needs to work. 
yeah. with everybody else. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's like uh, rosemary by itself. Not that interesting of a spice. But, man, you put that on some potatoes and you're <laughs> fucking flying, baby. That's some good stuff. So it's the matter of, yes. you know, salt and pepper, macaroni and Spices. cheese, right? No drum fills and a guitar. <laughs> there you go. Those are, those are recipes for success, I suppose. Yeah. So the, the, the drum fill, back to the original point, the drum yeah. fills basically were interruptions all the time. Yeah, I could see that. So I, I got tired of it and uh, we, we couldn't. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't like, <clears throat> it, like every drum fill was a boombastic, very. Like, look at me. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how it was. And we're like, well, let's. Tone it back. Yeah, there's also then, like a difference between like you, you have like drum fills, you have transitions, but there's also yeah. just like flavor. Like sometimes like a drummer yeah. could still be in the pocket, accent something really cool on a hi hat that matches a vocal line. That's like it's not this big like fucking stadium rock. Look at my fucking dick type thing. It's just like a little like yeah. hey yeah, I got but some fucking flavor. But that's what it was like. Every when he's talking about fills, it was. Tom, we're talking Tom yeah. fills, not not hi hats uh, yeah, yeah, or yeah. or you know little accents or little drum roll like snare roll, but it was like do 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 do, like <laughs> <laughs> like we're playing like a pretty chill like twelve bar blues thing. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like slow it down. You know, it like, would be like if uh, in the air tonight had that drum fill over and over again. Yes, exactly. it was kind of like <laughs> yeah. that. It was kind of like yeah, that. it happens yes. once yeah. in the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's all. And I you remember it <laughs> because it only happens fucking once. Yeah. If there was drum fills throughout that song, would that drum fill you're talking about mean anything? No, it wouldn't mean. <laughs> yeah, that's, shit. that's the point I was always trying to make. Look, you make that one drum fill and you make a count, that's going to stand out and people are going to remember that. You do 20 drum fills in a song, and people are just going to be like, that's and you can, boring. You know, and and like, I think this. his thing was like, if you're just playing just like a, you know, a simple beat, like he was afraid it was going to be too simple and just boring. But like, even just hi hat, snare, and bass drum. You can do creative oh, yeah. things with that and do the Dude. accents and do, you know, just Michael whatever. Jackson, Billy Jean. <laughs> yeah, that right. groove is undeniable. Yeah. And it's yes. just like, a <laughs> and then yeah. with the right little bass line behind mm-hmm. it. Dude, you're set. Yeah. It's like, like, how, like, how about why? every Beatles song? Just about every, every Beatles song is it's all just four and a floor. Yeah. Straight. Yeah, straight. straight. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we found Mark and we said. You're a You're keeper. <laughs> I'm a basic person. That's why they kept me. <laughs> I don't basic just, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to go there. Well, my question then is like, you know, what are your feelings on like guitar solos? Oh, we're all for it. Hundred yeah. yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah, we, yeah. But the whole well, song, I suppose, yeah. isn't a yeah. solo. It's same same concept, I guess. You know, it, there's a time and place for everything. Uh, I have this thing where. I have to, I, I don't have to say it as much with these guys because they know by now that when I say me, I'm not talking about my part. I'm talking about that part in the song or like the vocal. I'm not talking about me. It's not an ego thing. It's, you know, when the verse is going and the, and the main vocals going, like that's the, that's the focus. Uh, we don't need guitar noodling. Yeah. All the time, you know, so that's. I th- yeah, there's there's something about songwriting that it, it's it's a it's kind of a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but it's just like your part doesn't need to be interesting. Like every part cannot yeah. be interesting. Yeah. Sometimes there yeah. just needs to be like a like a guitar part that's bleh, but it works. It's just kind of there because it it's works. just wallpaper to the vocal line. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you listen to it by itself and it's like, oh, this is all it is. Like, there's been plenty of times where I've like, like, oh, I want to cover this song. And it's like, you know, a song that you love and you go and you start learning it. You're like, oh, this is all it is. Like, what the, yeah. this is nothing. But that fucking vocal line makes the whole yeah. thing yeah. or like mm-hmm. something else. The bass line makes the whole thing. Like yeah. It's, yeah. there's always these little, it's always just kind of like one thing that's yeah. sticking something, out and everything some, else is. Something is the hook. Yeah. Not everything is the hook. Yeah. Everything can't be the hook at the yeah. same time. Yeah. There has to be just, you know, the one thing or two things, but everybody else has to play their part to make that hook the hook. So, yeah. I think we we consciously kind of try to do that early, kind of pull back and say like, all right, well, you know, I might try to do something too much on the bass. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, pull that back. Bring it. Yeah, I, I am a big checker of, <laughs> of, yeah, of and that have, stuff. Like, and you have to, like, take your ego out of it and just be like, okay, cool. Simple, yeah, like, let me, let me, Get I'll grooving. pull it back, see what that does. And then you go, oh, yeah. It yeah, grooves now. Totally. Yep, I get it. <laughs> now I'm moving. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a very, very big believer in the idea that if a if something writing a song shouldn't be hard. And if you're ever at a point where like you're stuck on something, chances are you have too much of something going on. Oh, yeah. Not enough mm-hmm. of something else. Yeah. You gotta pull something out. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Like I'm like, fuck it. Like I don't know what to do on this next part. <laughs> Just let the drummer go for a couple measures, get a <laughs> catchy vocal line in, drop everything, and that might do it, you know? Pull some things back. Yep. Stop yeah. trying to Just experiment. Yeah. Just yeah, be willing to do that. And not having an ego is such a big deal because at the end of the day, y'all want the same thing. Everybody's just trying to make a cool song. Yep. Yeah. Right. When know, there, so. And there's enough opportunity too where like, okay, if I'm going to have a simple line in this one song, I know that in the next song, you know, I could try to do something a little bit more creative or whatever and make it a little bit more complex because I'll have that opportunity. It's not like this is the last song we're ever going to write and and that's it. We're going to play this song for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is the only, only baseline you get to play. Yeah. It's important that like the feeling of the song is there before anything else because nobody, especially on our level, not to like be very self-deprecating towards myself or your band or anything, but like on our level, people are, it's, it's very rare that people are going to listen to our music as hard or as in depth as we are. Yeah. They're not, yeah. we're not getting critiqued. Yeah. Like yeah I don't think like pitchfork is reviewing either of our <laughs> albums anytime soon, which would be, it would be tight if they did. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think pitchfork gives a fuck about anything I'm doing, but like just saying this is like sometimes like over analyzing, it's yeah, good. No, it's good. Right. It's good to a point that you want to make, you want to put out something that you're happy with and that you feel is like a good representation of your abilities as right. a musician. Yeah, but a if you line. like overthink it and yeah. you start worrying about like, oh, this part's going to be too simple or this is going to be too technical or maybe yeah. even maybe even to some degree, oh, maybe there's too many drum fills in this. I don't know. <laughs> maybe sometimes it could be overthinking. But if it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel right. To be fair, they have to tell me to put drum fills in. <laughs> you really should probably we do have something here. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, okay. Make it more I'm louder. Mix signals. <laughs> <laughs> when Jason tells me you should probably put a fill in there, I'm like, oh, I'll do that. It's, it's called dropping the f bomb. Yeah, fills. You know, <laughs> okay. The the, 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 yeah, the fill. Fill is the f bomb in, in mm-hmm. our world. Yeah. <laughs> That's really funny, actually. <laughs> Hell yeah. So right now, like what's on the horizon for the band? You know, you you keep saying 2020 is your year. Uh, I don't have a release date for this episode, so we can't talk about any specific shows, (laughs) but just a general thing. Like what do you got going on? Well, we are currently recording right now. uh, And we go back and forth. What do we want to do with this? You know, 
full lengths are kind of silly at this point and they're, they're cool, but uh, EP is just five single releases. How do we want to do this? So uh, I think that's what we're doing. Uh, you know, just consistently releasing singles. And at the end of that, uh, we have an old EP that we didn't really focus too much on that. We're going to, I think, retrack the new five and those five do a, do that's a full length LP yeah. and, and finally get a, a full length vinyl. We have a 10 inch vinyl. We're, we're moving up to, to the, the 12 inch. Uh, however, first though, uh, we're working on a little seven inch release, uh, with one of these new songs and a, like a basement demo that we've done, uh, in Butler, we mentioned uh, uh, a, a nice gig that we just had in Butler, and it's kind of a format that I started a, w- a little while ago that I've expanded upon now. With uh, we have a local radio station that really pushes local bands in regular rotation, cool, and we're actually one of those ones that they actually like a lot and play a lot. So uh, we took radio ads out for this last one, and you know, get the the bar to kind of likes that they gave us uh, some money, like a guarantee, you know, get the door going, had uh, three bands in there. I had pool. We, I had vendors there, did a 50, 50 raffle that we uh, had a, uh, we donated, you know, the 50 to the veterans in need organization for Butler County. So we made it more of an event. Yeah. So I had, we had sponsors and that's kind of growing now. So that's something that's going to happen like three times a year. I was able to actually pay, the bands an amount of money that they're like, oh shit, no respectable amount, yeah, you know, respectable amount of money. Set, you're getting over three hundred bucks, yeah. Uh, and you know, there's radio ads, which is cool. Getting the town to, yeah, you know, they want to go out and and see music, but like just advertising on, or not even advertising, just yeah, posting on, on social, social media. media yeah. Yeah. So, so a promoter town just doesn't get a lot of people out. So a promoter actually promoting a show, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it, okay. it, it, it really kind of grinds my gears when a lot of people talk about there not being money in local music. And like, I guess in a sense, there isn't necessarily money to be like, okay, like, cool, like I'm paying off my fucking mortgage and car payment type shit. But there's definitely enough money for a band to be 110% self-sustainable in the local music scene. Yeah. If you do things like booking your own shows, being smart about when you're playing shows and not being afraid to ask for guarantees and just work out deals. Right. You know what I mean? Like whenever we started gray Walker, well, the band was already, but when we started doing gray Walker stuff, like really seriously, five years ago, we all put in like 50 bucks to get shirts made. And that's like the only money ever anybody ever put into the band. Aside from that, it's all been like any merchandise recording, releasing stuff, mass, like everything has come from, you know, touring, playing shows, getting guarantees, and like the band itself has just been completely self-sustained. And yeah. it's not hard. We don't even play that much. That's, and like it's completely possible to do just because it's just like, well, you know, we book a lot of our own things and we are just smart about the offers that we take. You can like a band, a band, like people, that's a different story, but a band can make money and be self-sustainable if they're just smart. Yeah, but I think you're right. You have to be selective about what shows you play. I I think there's a lot of bands that are willing to take the free shows. They're willing to take the pay-to-play shows. Yeah, I mean, we do that too, but it's like... But you have to be selective. You have to be selective. I mean, like, we do free shows too, but you can't just take any free show that comes along. It has to make sense. Like, is it for a charity or something that you believe in? Or is it for, you know, something where where you know that it's going to be a big 
audience for you or whatever. Yeah. But like a lot of younger bands, they'll start and they're like, we'll take anything that anybody throws our way. And now that's why we have a lot of promoters uh, that are like, you have to sell 50 tickets or else you can't play the show. And it's like, how did we get stuck in this trap? How do we get stuck in this trap if we have to sell the 50 tickets? Like you're, you're the promoter. You you sell the tickets. I'll, I'll provide the music, you know, but like there's a lot of bands that don't want to work. Yeah. And that it's funny because like there's a double edged sword to it because I think with the, the ticket situation, I think it for younger bands, not necessarily young in age, but just like people that are new to doing this shit. I think that it could be a great way to like learn, the responsibilities of the business side of being in a band like oh shit we've agreed to sell x number of tickets we got to get off our ass and we got to fucking you know message our friends some family people maybe post some stuff on the internet and like you know get these tickets sold it teaches you yeah. how to pr- it kind of kicks you in the ass a little bit yeah but the unfortunate thing is you'll get a lot of bands that are younger bands that will agree to sell the tickets and they'll just buy them yep. themselves and because they don't want to promote, but they want it. They're a they, new band. They, want the show. they don't want to promote. They don't have any fans, but they want to play with a band whose T-shirt they've seen on sale at Hot Topic. So they <laughs> agree to fucking do this. Right. And then they get burned because they realize that they just played. They just spent 300 bucks on tickets to play to nobody because they just bought the nobody tickets. There. And then they give the scene shit because they're feeding. They're, they're the <laughs> ones doing it. It's like nobody's holding you down by your throat saying, buy these, you don't have to play that show. Yeah. But you get a lot of bands that agree to do these things that they're not ready to do. And then they simultaneously complain about it. It's really, really silly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a thing that we struggle with. I mean, like we've been offered good shows and we're like, Oh yeah. You know, I guess we're gonna have to sell tickets, but can we, do we, do we think that we could sell enough tickets? Like do you know, who wants to come to see the red lines for 20 bucks? Yeah. (laughs) On a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like you have to you have to be selective of, of what you know which ones it is. But it it's it's also frustrating on the other side when you're like, wait, you know, I haven't seen uh, any ads. I haven't seen heard any ads on the radio for this show. I haven't seen any promotion whatsoever. And it's like I'm doing all the work. Yeah. Like That's- you know, there, there's shows that have been put on by bigger uh, promoters, and it's like my family we're the only people at the show. Like, so I did all the work. Like that's, that's not right either. Yeah, but, no. it, but it's like, how do you fight that? I, I like, I'm not going to go against the promoters and be like, you guys are doing a bad thing. It's like, I know what the situation is and I'm, you know, we're kind of agreeing into it. And yeah. You don't have to fight it. You just book your own shows. Yeah. And it seems like that's something that you're already doing. That's really the best way to fight it. There's like, but, but on the other hand though, like I'm not going to be able to book a show with some of like the, not sure. the hot topic bands, but like I, yeah, yeah, my version of hot topic. Like I'm not going to be able to book those shows, so like I have to go through the bigger promoters around here to be able to to live out that dream. Yeah, well, and, it's 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 like one of the things like we use it as almost like a gateway into being yeah. able to do it, right? So you 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 suck it up and you you kind of deal with like the one or two that you have to put up with to, to yeah. promote your own thing, even though they they there's they have resources to do it. But then at the end of it. You know, if you do a good job, they're typically like, hey, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, to their credit, they will ask you or be a little mm-hmm. bit more proactive towards right. you instead of like just the call out for like, does anybody want to open for this band? Oh, yeah. They'll be like, hey, this band's coming in. You guys 
seem like you'd fit you want to play yeah you could build you could build you good relationships build yeah. with promoters and like there's been several but getting that foot but again the doors, you yeah. have to work to <laughs> get there. you, have you, to you just have to yeah don't don't go in over your head i think mm. that you know that's you know, that's a, a band, really good point a band that's coming in that's like okay it might be 20 bucks on a thursday but i know goddamn well all my friends are going to this show anyways right and we could sell 50 tickets to this no problem yeah and, and, and then you just do it there's one problem though with that that I've also seen. It's like, okay, I don't find out that I'm actually going to be able to play that show or that we're not, we don't actually get that show until oh, yeah. 60 like, days prior to it. Sure. But my friends bought tickets already. Yeah. So yeah. now yeah. I've lost the chance to sell to so, 10 yeah. or 15 people because they bought yeah. their tickets right away because they love that band. There's been yeah. situations that I've been in where stuff like that has happened and I've just straight up been with the promoter i'm like look like you know this show is x amount of days away and like i the tickets have been on sale for three months already and you want me to sell? it's like i can't do this i can play this show if you cut it down to 25 you know what i mean like you've, if you would have put me on this show when tickets went on sale i could have done this i yeah. think what's cool we've been pretty honest with the promoters and they've been pretty responsive yeah like we've, yeah. Been, we've told them like yeah like i don't think we could sell the number of tickets that you would hope us to sell and they're like, okay, yeah, well, here, we'll just adjust well, typically, the Typically, it's a time frame thing, like you said. Yeah, they like they know, get it. Or like the other thing, too, is I'll say like if there's, you know, it's like some heavy metal show. You got like one band playing at the Smiling Moose, you know, one touring metal band. It's like this band probably has 50 draw. And you got four local openers. We all have the same fucking 50 fans. <laughs> right. And you want us yeah. all to sell 50 tickets. I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's yeah. like you either got to cut bands off this bill if you want us to sell that many tickets or you're dropping our minimum down or it's yeah. impossible. Right. Yeah. There's no fucking way to do yeah. it. it. It is. It's it's an odd situation. And, and what I'm curious about, it, I've never got to experience going to another city. I wonder if other cities operate the same way. I, from what I've heard, like it seems like Pittsburgh might be kind of like a, a unique way with how the promoters handle like you have to sell the 50 tickets in order to get opening spots but i i don't think it's incredibly unique i yeah. think that the one thing here is that i think that in some bigger cities there's i would imagine there's a little bit more of a disconnect whereas like since pittsburgh's kind of a smaller city for a lot of bigger touring bands they may actually let have local openers where other cities oh. may not even need to do it just because it's a bigger draw to yeah, begin gotcha. with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we're kind of like a, a bit of a flyover state in some <laughs> aspects when it comes to touring bands. So, uh, yeah, I mean a band that may draw a hundred people here and may want two local openers to get another hundred people in the door. They may draw five, 500 people in Manhattan easy right. and yeah. they, you know, by themselves, they don't even need an opener. Yeah, so it's just point. part of our market. Yeah, yeah. But I do think that, you know, we're, I don't think that any, any of the promoters in Pittsburgh are smart enough to have pioneered this tactic. <laughs> so it definitely came from somewhere else. I can guarantee yeah, you yeah. that. Yeah. No, I, I do like uh, some of the promoters. They offer um, a thing where it's like, all right, we want you to sell 20 tickets. And if you sell over twenty, over twenty, we'll give you a uh, an extra you know, yeah, dollar yeah. per ticket or whatever. I'm oh like, yeah, yeah. Like, I always try to work stuff out like yeah. that with the promoters. Yeah, because it's like it's one of those things where it's not even so much an ego thing. It's just kind of like a you know you're asking us to play, and we are going to bring people to the show, right? But like you know, we don't if it's not worth it for us, we're not going to play. And as long as it's not 
pay to play as long as it's not like yeah you have to sell 20 tickets or you're done i think a lot of people get those two things mixed up too i oh, yeah. think that just like selling you're being asked to sell tickets for a show that's mm-hmm. not pay to play it's not pay that's to play. not pay to play it's just like there's you know how many dozens of bands that want to open up for like the dead milkmen or, mm-hmm. you know, bad religion or what, as if they had local openers, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's so many bands that want to open up for those. Yeah. It's like, you think that like, just because like, it's like, there needs to be, I think it shows some sort of a uh, being willing to take the responsibility and put in the work. I think that's something that the promoter has to do. Oh yeah. And if you know, the promoters, not the, the boss, there's like a, a TM that's going to be like, okay, who's this local band? They've agreed yeah, they to, wanna- They've agreed to sell this many tickets. They have this presence on social media and like they're promoting, you know, they want to know all that. Yeah. Stuff. We get approved all like I don't know how many times we've opened up for different bands and they're like, yeah, well we have to send it off to the, the yeah. talent manager and they'll, they'll figure out who, yeah, you know, who, if you can open up or not, it's not just a decision of the promoter. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it it, makes, it's definitely an interesting it makes <laughs> situation. A lot, it makes a lot more sense. I think once you've, stepped into the shoes of actually being a promoter and setting up an event and mm-hmm. understanding like how much work goes into it. And sometimes that's the thing is like, you're doing this one time for your band, like three times a year. Like we had mm-hmm. mentioned, we might do think about the promoter that maybe has three or four shows a night yeah. at different venues that they're right. doing four or five nights a week. So like sometimes it could feel like your show doesn't matter or they're not promoting it. And it's just like every single promoter that I know that works for like a bigger company, they're all in way over their heads. <laughs> they're doing, they're handling dozens of shows right. with dozens of TMs and bookers and their emails all over the place and local bit there. It's a nightmare. It's so complicated. But again, it's just like, fuck. It's like, I wish there was some way to like wrangle that in, but. Like make it more sustainable. You're just like stepping into a hurricane yeah. when you step into that world. Yeah, for sure. Like how much for can sure. you really expect? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like it's like, you know, are we looking to try to change the situation, or we're just trying to fit in? Like, I, I don't want to be like, it's like some big rebel and start a revolution. It's like I just want to play some shows. Man. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, you know, no. in front of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In front, yeah, in front oh, yeah. of people. Th- that, helps, <laughs> that helps. Yeah. I think the, the yeah. I think you know, creating opportunities for yourselves, like setting up the shows, is one fantastic thing yeah. to do. And then if you have an opportunity where it's a ticketed gig, opening up for a national band, and it makes sense, do it. Yeah. And then if you get a chance to get out of town and play some shows, do that. Don't overthink it. Just play what you can. <laughs> That's about it, really. That's all you can really do. Yeah. Because there's a lot of bands, and none of us are all that special. No. It's just a matter of just playing and making sure you're all having a good time while you're doing it too. That's probably the most important thing. <laughs> Cause at this point, I doubt anybody at this table still like needs to be doing this. No, psychologically. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think I personally have in me, like if I was, I don't know if I could turn it off. Yeah. 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 No, I agree. You know, and if I, I had to, how much fucking torture would it be? Yeah. But internally? still it's like, but how much different would it be? Like, sometimes I've thought about, like, you know, how much different for me would it be if it was, if I was playing a hundred shows a year versus 10 versus five, you know, just getting together with everybody right. every other week instead of every week. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, would it feel that much different? I don't know. I just have this like obsessive need to just keep doing it. And it's also, I've been doing it for so long. I don't know. You don't know yeah. different. I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> right. You know, we had, I had a, this weekend, I didn't have any shows or anything. And I even like, was like looking into like my friends, see, is anybody playing? No, but there was nothing going on. I'm like, what the fuck do, 
what the fuck am I supposed to do? What are, what are normal people yeah, what do, do people on the do? weekends? I, just told, my, I, was like, I was like, yeah. I just told my girlfriend, I was just like, hey, I set aside the weekend for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, well, I'm going to some shows with my friends. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's just, it's, I, I enjoy just being able to have that time to myself, but I still want to do as much as I can. It's just, I don't know. I think that if I am doing stuff, if I am playing a show on a Thursday night or something like that, you know, it has to be worth it. It has to, I have yeah. to make sure that I'm still actually having fun. It just, it really like kills me when I like play shows with bands and you could tell that like, it just feels like they don't even want to be there. It's like, like it's, it's work. It's work for them. They're like, Oh, I guess yeah, we got to go do your show. Oh, yeah. There's the, uh, showing up right before you play going right at leaving right after you're done. Yeah, like, oh. Why, yeah. why, why look, why drag your stuff all across the city yeah. to do that? Yeah. It's yeah. so much easier. Just, just stay at home. Yeah, my yeah. family's already got a job. I, I don't need a second job. If this feels like a job, then yeah. it's time just to quit because I ain't, you know. Yeah, it's got to be fun. Yeah, it's got to be fun. I'm not paying the bills with this. I got to, you know, I enjoy it and it's going to be enjoyable. From sure. my experience, like promoting shows and setting things up when I have that issue with people, it's just like, you could have just told me you didn't want to play. I would rather <laughs> just like, yeah. Not, I mean, like, we could have started this show a half hour later and everybody wouldn't have been rushing after work to get here. Yeah. You know, get their shit here and get loaded in for you to, you know, it's just like, God damn it. <laughs> Ooh, I have my phone on. Rookie move. <laughs> Throw that on the floor. So. Nobody saw nothing. Nobody saw nothing. You can edit that sound out, right? I won't. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. It's important. It's important to not edit your flaws. And I think that, you know, just let it all hang out. That's a problem with rock and roll nowadays. Everything's too perfect and it's squeaky clean. Recording and production, everything sounds like robots, right? Brian's laughing because... Let's talk... Yeah, let's I, talk I think this just came up yesterday. We had a studio day yesterday. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about... Was, again, I think at the top of this episode, I joked about being like a... What's being a rock and roll band like in 2020. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like it, it's hard because like everybody has this pressure, I feel, to be very perfect in all aspects of their lives nowadays, thanks to technology and how much we share with each other. And it's definitely bled into rock music. And yeah. What's your studio experience been like? Uh, oh, you know, we try to get things as polished a- as possible and sounding sonically nice. Okay. Uh, where sometimes you get lost in just, Oh yeah. That, that, that just sounds like rock and roll was a, uh, <laughs> was a quote from yesterday's studio yeah. session. Yeah. Uh, it sounds fine. Well, sounds well, like rock and roll. Well, we, we spent like 20 minutes talking about the volume of a... Oh. Well, I don't even know what you call it. Like, not even a backing vocal. It's like a, like a throwaway vocal line. Like a like, little like, yeah, or something. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Some kind of little filler thing that, you know, w- wouldn't be missed if it was never hit there at all. It's We're not right. actual lyrics. Yeah. 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 And yeah, we spent 20 minutes. We're like, it's too loud. Well, no, but it's, but if you turn it down, you're not gonna be able to hear what he says. Sounds too Jamaican. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did have a bit of a Jamaican yeah, that, accent. That, too much delay. Sounds Jamaican, mom. <laughs> Dude, your ears get burned so quick. It's like, yeah. whenever I have stuff like that, I just have to write it down and like close it out and not listen to it for like two or three days and then come back to it. Yeah. What I like to do when I'm mixing stuff, um, cause like I make the mistake of like mixing a lot of the projects that I do myself. Mm hmm. 
It's like I'll like have my notes that I write and then I won't listen to it for three days and I'll listen to it again and write another set of notes and oh, then no. compare the notes yeah. and see what's if there's anything that's on both sheets, then it's actually probably a problem. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll take we'll take uh, like rough mixes back and like uh, we'll all listen to them and then we'll come back with our notes. And then and sometimes like you hear something one day and the next day you don't exactly you don't hear yeah. it. like what? Where'd that go? Or like, I know Brian will bring something up and then he'll be like, yeah, I heard this. And, and we'll be like, no, we don't, we don't hear it. Oh, sometimes you're like, like right there. Oh, you're, I thought I heard it. I don't hear it now. Yeah. Like I'll hear like, oh, I think, I think there's a bum note or are we off here? And everyone, no, no. Yeah. Different stereo systems too it's can weird. fuck with you. Yeah. I just yeah. listened to some demos for a project that I was working on in the car yesterday for the first time. And there was like this synth line that was just like, dude, it was like choking me in the car. And I mean, I've been listening to it for a couple of weeks, just in like headphones or at the house and it sounded yeah. fine, but there was just something about the specific frequency and whatever the car speakers are spitting out. It was just like hammering me. I was like, fuck, I got to do something. I got to get like a, like a frequency checker and like listen to it in the car, see what the frequency is oh, and God, fucking yeah. scoop that out because it's, it's way, it's intense. I think yeah. it was like John Fergus. He said like, he won't finish or sign off on anything until he hears it in his car first. It could sound great in the studio, but if he doesn't sound good in his car, then it yeah, doesn't sound good. Cause well, yeah, we've yeah. done that before. Most yeah. people yeah. listen to well, this. Yeah. yeah. Most this, people this listen is back to when people had CDs in their, yeah. Back when people had CDs in, in the cars. Yeah. That's, that's when this is an old <laughs> it's, interview. It's like, I'll listen to it. It's, it's so funny. It's like, the last thing I'll probably listen, check my music on now is actual like studio monitors or a home stereo. Cause so people don't yeah. really listen to music on home stereos anymore. No. It's well, like, I, I was like, what does this sound like coming wait, through my phone speaker? Yeah, what does it sound like in headphones? Yeah, what does it sound like in the car? Yeah. 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 Both the studios yeah. we've gone to, they have, they have special uh, speakers set up there. They could switch it from the studio speakers to special speakers that kind oh, of yeah. simulate either a car or home speaker setup. Yeah. And you're like, Okay, that's what it'll sound like. Or someone that doesn't know how to actually EQ it, so like yeah. it's just all flat. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you're like, all right, what does it sound like? Totally flat, no actual like? EQ. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, what's it sound like? It sounds like these guys. It doesn't sound like us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's where, so funny. Where, where'd the bass go? Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I forget what we were talking about, but yeah. Um, just uh just like modern production and rock and roll these days yeah i mean we the studio i mean we do try to make it polished i think I, like that is one thing like i don't want to personally i don't want us to sound like have anything out there that's like oh yeah you want to sound good oh, like you could have cleaned that up i just like i like recordings when i listen to it it's like okay i feel like i'm in a room listening to some guys recording stuff in yeah. like a really clean studio but there's been albums that i've heard where it's like i feel like i'm listening to a bunch of people sitting around a computer like I'm not actually like I'm like I'm yeah. like I'm yeah, listening yeah. to a mixing board. I'm not yeah. listening to people mm. playing music because it's so like yeah, it's and, so and I know squeaky. Pretty much every song we've we've left in something where you know one of us and usually it's me. I, I'm like, oh, what about that? Can we fix that? And people, no, just leave it. It's fine. You're- I like uh, using the studio as a chance to make the song what you really would like it to be. If you had all the people oh, interested sure. in your music live that you could. Yeah. So that's what I like doing, you know, adding the layers and all that exactly. stuff. Oh, dude, it's so yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's rare. And a lot of times like songs take on new life in the studio and then you get back to your practice space and you try to 
do what you can to replicate what you did in the studio. Uh huh. Yeah. And, so I'll, and I'll be honest, I'll, I'll admit to that because there's like times where, you know, when we played like the, the when I was first coming through and, and, and learning some of these new songs that we were doing, um, you know, I'm like, where the hell is Brian coming from when it comes to this stuff? Like, why why does he want it this way? And then I remember coming back from, you know, the studio one time and, and listening to what we got back. And all the stuff that was added to it, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Now the song makes sense. Like, there's a couple times, I think, on some of the ones that we were doing, like, uh, I'm trying to think which one was it. Probably Magic. Like, yeah. I'm like, where's this going? I don't understand it. And then after we got in the studio, added all the bits and pieces to it that you had in your head that we couldn't do in the actual basement, then well, it made sense. Yeah, after a while, after we started playing together and recording it, it's like, okay, well, now we realize we got to start thinking of when we're writing these songs, are we writing for recording? Are we writing for live? Well, we actually kind of got to think of it in terms of both. Yeah. So when we're playing these parts, it's like, okay, well, keep in mind when we record it, we're going to have an acoustic guitar backing in there. We're going to yeah. have, a, you know, a, a third guitar playing this lick or whatever. So how we, we have to decide what, what are we going to do live and what's going to be a studio thing? So it, it's when you're when you're writing these new songs now, that's kind of what I'm thinking. It's fun. And like doing that kind of stuff, it gives people a reason to actually check out the studio stuff. Yeah, I, I, I think it's I don't like to go see bands live and hear the exact same thing I could hear at my house. Sure. So that's I kind of try to think of it that way. You know, I, the, the live red lines to be different than the recorded red lines. And honestly, when you go out to. I will sometimes think, all right, I'm listening to this this song and I hear these things. Now, when I get to the show tonight and I see this band that I have tickets for, I want to specifically listen and see if I hear and I forget all about that shit because it's live and you're just enjoying what's there now. And you don't even think, oh, it's live and they're not. I don't hear this part. It, it's it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you're there having a good time and you're enjoying what you're listening to. Yeah. That's like the, you need to take that, the feel, that feeling that you get in that way that you're observing the music and the moment and how like, you're not paying attention to every single nuance. You're just getting the, yeah. the broad picture and apply that to your music as you're writing it and not uh, nitpick so much detail sometimes because right. when people are engaging with it, they're not engaging with every, all the nuance. It's just like, you know, the surface level right, sometimes right. of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're, we're rounding the corners here, we're almost at our hour, but before we pull the plug on this whole thing, you got to let people know where they could find you on, uh, on TikTok and, and Snapchat. <laughs> oh, we didn't have the TikTok conversation. We didn't. Oh yeah. Let's have it now. So what, what the is fuck TikTok? is TikTok? <laughs> what is TikTok? Yeah, nobody's explained that to me yet. We're just we're, we're old enough that we yeah, don't know what. Yeah, I've, I've heard the yeah. term recently. I haven't heard shit about it. It's just a new social media app for the for for people that want to share funny videos of themselves. Say so. It's more shit we got to do now. Uh, it, uh, it's 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 like Snapchat, but uh, different. Okay, so but if, it's if much- you guys are old and you don't know what TikTok is, come see the Red Lines. <laughs> <laughs> We're the perfect band for you. Fit in, just <laughs> we uh-huh. have we have eight tracks available for sale and cassette tapes and all the stuff the old people want. You know, that would be fun do. to confuse the shit out of people. So <laughs> you know, we, we we have your normal old people uh, social media, Facebook, 
Uh, we did jump into the, the Instagram age, I think, in 2019. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> Brian tried sh- Snapchat for about I did. five minutes. Did you, you, really? you remember that. I did, yeah. You're like, hey, let you text me. Let me know when you get this. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I, don't, I have no idea how this works. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just going to stick to Facebook. And then we... Then we moved into Instagram. Were your pants on? Isn't that what the thing is with Snapchat, where everybody sends naked pictures? That was, I think, one of the things. But sure, I mean, you can, you can, you can send naked pictures on Snapchat. You could do that. I thought that was the whole purpose of it. Like, you just send naked pictures, then they disappear. Oh yeah, until you take the screenshot of it. Yeah. But then you get notified if somebody takes a screenshot. Oh, do you? No, yeah. Tons. I think the the interesting thing with social media is that it's proving to be a a very effective way to market yourself, right? Like if you want people to know about your shit, you could post it on Facebook mm-hmm. and and you're not really jeopardizing the fundamentals of your band. On Instagram, yeah. you could also do the same thing. Like, hey, here's a photo of us in the studio. Here's a picture of our album cover. Here's a flyer for a show. Like it's still band stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. when bands start crossing into like this Snapchat, TikTok territory, I feel like, Unless you're like a pop star or like you're actually like a big brand, it seems like there's bands that are starting to kind of like turn into morph into something else where it's not so much about like, oh, this is our music and this is our thing. It's like, oh, this is like another another side of me. I'm no longer just a musician, which is fine, but yeah. it's it's just an inter- – it's like a, a, it caters and it requires like a whole different uh, – part of creativity i guess would be the nicest way i could put it that i'm just not really interested in engaging with yeah it's like those those sites are like for behind the curtains of celebrity and we're not there or (laughs) just like sharing like you know quick videos of like nonsense and things like that and i know i know i know people that are musicians that do tiktok and they'll post like their little you know here's a 15 second video of me working on something in the studio and me if I'm in the studio, I'm not thinking about my phone for yeah, hours. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not even on it. You know, it's like sometimes I'll be like, I'll like get home and be like, oh shit. We should have taken a picture of, you know, Joey <laughs> recording stuff today so we could have that's, posted it. Yeah. But we didn't because it's like, no, I'm in here, I'm fucking yeah. working. I'm not even thinking about well, that's my what phone. Kind of stinks is is you're in the studio and it's like, oh, we should probably take some pictures and videos to post. Yeah. You know? It, well, Get the fuck out of here. We're trying not to be, we're trying not to make noise so it doesn't bleed over to the jack. And I'm trying to work on this part. Yeah. Stop, yeah. stop getting a camera on my face. Stop. I'm trying to do <laughs> like, this. You're trying to yeah. create. You're trying yeah. to create yeah. art. Yeah. Here, here's a camera yeah, on your face. Really, to I can see this camera. I'm from your really creativity. Camera on my face. Yeah. yeah I, I worry sometimes. I think that some people have let the social media get to them to a point where they, they feel like they're being pressured to feel that they have to post stuff, which I mean, oh, for sure. Yeah, like I feel that pressure. Yeah. But like mm-hmm. as somebody on the opposite end of it too, like watching my friends that do this stuff, it just starts to look kind of desperate. Like I have like a yeah. buddy of mine is just like, you know, I've seen people that will do like the, uh, post a hundred comments on this and I'll release my new song. Just release the fucking song, you dork. We tried that, and then and then like there will be well. there will be people that do like uh, never got released. No, it's something like if we get to two hundred likes, we'll we're gonna put a live video of a song or something like that. And yeah, like post, anybody gave a shit. Yeah, and then the then we forgot to post, post the video. Yeah. And if the video's good, it'll get two hundred likes. Yeah, yeah. If it's not good, then you don't deserve it. Yeah, uh, and, or like you'll have like people that do like the. 
going to post my album cover next week. And then they post it like, here's the album cover. And then here's the, just, just post this. Just yeah. skip. Don't tell me what you're going to do. Well, I think it's just do just it. Just get it, on with it. It, yeah. works for, it works for somebody like, you know, Taylor Swift, who has billions of people around the world that love her and are following every second of her life. But when you're, a, you know, a band from Pittsburgh that has, I don't know, you know, a couple hundred people that might be interested in you on whatever, like nobody, nobody cares. So, yeah. so like, yeah. Those are your parents anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> family and friends. To be fair, I don't even think my parents like yeah. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it's just very much just do stuff. By all means, do stuff. Don't stop creating. But yeah. don't like overshare. Yeah. Because then like it's almost like crying wolf to some degree. Because like yeah. once you people are gonna get sick of seeing you posting stuff. But it, it could totally backfire. It makes you look worse than you know, if it doesn't work out. If you try to do these silly games and it doesn't work out, oh, yeah. then you look you look goofy. You look pathetic. Yeah. Plus <laughs> plus a lot of energy wasted that you could yeah. be using yeah. on other things. You know? Yeah, that, yeah. that yeah. that's that's the big thing is energy and time yeah. for me. You know, it's just like why 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 keep we've tried too many of those games i can't even yeah. but well, yeah, like what you said i mean if you're in the studio and you're and you're you're not even thinking about your phone because you're actually putting effort into what you want to do and it's like well if you're taking that little bit out of what you're focused on to say oh i better post something yeah about this. there's and, part of me when like i see like i don't i don't use tiktok personally but i know that there's a lot of people that i follow that use tiktok TikTok, but like we'll repost their TikTok or Snapchat content on Instagram or Facebook, you know, like yeah. where you can like mm-hmm. cross platform share stuff. And like, so I'll see TikTok videos of like somebody in the studio working on stuff. And the first thing that I see when I see that video is like, I guess you're not working that hard. Yeah. That's yeah. like immediately in my head. It's just like, are you working on stuff or are you just fucking around on your phone? Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair to them, they probably are working on stuff, you know, right. They could be posting that during their lunch break, for all I know. (laughs) I try not to be judgmental, but it's just how it comes off to me. I get a lot of my my greatest works done on the crapper. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Solved a lot of problems there. Yep. A lot of deep thinking going on. Yeah. Uh So, hey, uh, before I forget, though, I will mention that uh, one of the things that uh, we've started, uh, I've started is a biweekly Spotify playlist. Oh, cool. To highlight the highlight pittsburgh area bands yeah uh so that's something to check out it's called the red lines present killer pittsburgh jams so uh i think this is my fifth one currently it's you know oh, i yeah. got the same picture everyone uh you know just trying to build followers so everyone can just repeatedly listen every two weeks there's a new 10 songs just pittsburgh area bands uh killer shit we have a great scene Hell yeah. uh, a lot of different uh styles and i try to Try to make a nice flowing playlist that I think I'm usually successful every once in a while. It's like, ah, fuck it, I'm running out of time. I gotta get this done. And you know, but uh yeah, every every two weeks, uh 10 songs, not not long, 45 minutes at most, uh, you know, for people to check out and listen to some new bands and hopefully go out and see them. Hell yeah. So and if we get 50 subscribers, we'll, <laughs> we'll release a special live song on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, the next playlist will have 11 songs. Yeah, ooh, <laughs> change, hell yeah! Change the picture. Yeah. <laughs> where before we uh, pull the plug on this, where can people find the Red Lines? Uh, on all the uh, usual streaming platforms, 
social media is Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I don't think we tweeted anything for a really long time. Yeah. But, but, we're, but we're on, but we're on I, Twitter. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that like 15% of Twitter accounts are just inactive band pages. They're active bands, but just like dead accounts. I personally, I, I think I have, I, th- I think five or six Twitter accounts. I use zero. I just have them for bands. Some of our old bands had Twitter accounts, just some goofy ones from, from friends. Never use it. I have, I have nothing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter's hard. It's, it's not for me, but we have, yeah, we have, we have Twitter. We're on Spotify. We're on Bandcamp. Technically we have SoundCloud. Yeah. But we don't really use we it. We talked about putting some just oddball crap on there. Yeah. That uh, we normally wouldn't put on like yeah. uh, streaming platforms. Stuff that we're a little less proud about. Yeah. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. And I think, I think we're at least personally, I'm mostly on Facebook. So all the stuff that I would post for the bands on Facebook, but that's just because I've been using Facebook for so long. Um, and we have a website, theredlines.us. Not sure. I think we update it twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was being updated more because we used to take the events from Facebook would actually feed into the website. And so yeah. I didn't have to really technically update it at all. It would just do it. And then they started charging for that plugin. And I was like, I'm not paying for it. So, oh, okay. So now it updates. Now I understand. Now it only updates when whenever somebody yells at me and, and makes fun of me for not updating it. So it'll probably be updated tomorrow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Get cool. shame, shamed into it. Yeah. Sounds like a pretty accurate representation of being in a band. Yeah. So that's it. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you all for being here. The Red Lines. I appreciate it, my friends. Thanks for having us. Good meeting, everybody. Good chatting with you. You too. Thank you. I'll be back again in a couple days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start to beat. 2020. Woo woo. I forgot what year it was. Thanks for listening. And we are done. All right. Oh, my ears are hot. Oh, sorry.